The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown, baby! Now, here are your hosts, two-time All-American punter Drew Butler. Mark Rick would like Drew Butler to hit it a mile in the air. And he did. What a kick. And the SEC's career leader in touchdown passes and completions, Aaron Murray. Touchdown! In stride as he crosses the goal line. Put it right on his hip. What a throw. Now, with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Get to the house, sideline! Pylon! Touchdown! And the dogs are on the board first. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame. Welcome into the Punt and Pass Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler, joined as always by my co-host, Aaron Murray. And we are heading into week nine of this 2019 college football season. It's getting more and more important each and every week. And to be sure you're on top of all the latest news, be sure to follow us on social media, we are at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. Aaron is at Aaron Murray 11 and I am at Drew Butler 13 Speaking of social media, intern Christina has a pretty interesting giveaway going on right now. Go check out our Instagram page, at Punt and Pass, and follow her directions. Because, Aaron, what we're doing is we are going to invite the lucky winner on to Punt and Pass with us, we'll give them about five, ten minutes to jump on, ask whatever questions they have, maybe even pick some games on punt, pass, and pick. Be a part of the show. Go to at punt and pass on Instagram, follow Christina's giveaway instructions, and join us. Join Aaron and I on an upcoming episode of Punt and Pass. All right, Aaron, we missed you on Monday. We understand that you're getting ready for the XFL. Go Vipers, obviously, but a couple. A couple of storylines broke this past weekend. I need your input on them before we get to them, though. News broke Monday that our former coach, Coach Mark Rick, suffered a heart attack. He took to social media to say that he was okay. He is going to be working this weekend, which really surprised me. Um, I sent him a message. I'm sure you did as well. Thank God he is all right. A pretty powerful tweet that he sent out, Aaron, saying that he was conscious while he suffered the heart attack. He knew he was going to heaven, so he had peace with that, but he knew he was going to miss his wife as well. Wow, it kind of took my breath away when I read that. Pretty unbelievable. Coach Rick, hope you feel better, my man. That's some scary stuff. It is, and and good thing he is okay, but um, if I'm the ACC network, I'm giving him a call. Like, you better, you know right? Th- thanks for you know caring about this you know first season, the ACC. We love having you on, but take the weekend off. Take two yeah. weekends off. Just relax. Relax, 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 relax. Go, uh, go back down to Boca. Get on the beach. Enjoy some warm weather. Enjoy your t- and some time with your wife, and uh, get away for a little bit. So I, I'm sure they gave him a call. They don't want him on set this weekend. So no I, I, I would be shocked if you see him on their their halftime show and their pregame show this weekend. I would 100% have to agree with you on that. But most importantly, thankfully, Coach Rick is all right. We all send our best from Punt and Pass. All of our listeners, Aaron and I. To the Rick family, get well soon. I know that you're feeling well. Keep it going. All right, another big-time 
um, news story that broke from this past weekend. I discussed it all by myself on Monday, Aaron, was what happened and what took place during the Alabama-Tennessee game. Most importantly, I need to get your thoughts on a couple of things because they involve quarterbacks. One, Tua Tungabailoa goes down with a sprained ankle. He probably will not play this weekend when Alabama hosts Arkansas. That shouldn't be a problem. Then they have a bye week. Then November 9th, they are going to host LSU. All right? You saw something that you hadn't seen in so long when Mac Jones came into the game at quarterback. Alabama looked like a JV football team. My wife, who everybody knows, went to Alabama. We're sitting there watching the game. I start laughing at the TV. She says, what are you laughing at? I said, I can't remember any time seeing Alabama look like this. I mean, dropped balls, missed wide open receivers. Jarrett Garantano, of all people, driving the ball and almost creating a one-score game with less than seven minutes left in the fourth quarter. They are going to have trouble, big trouble, if Tua does not get back quickly. Well, he's going to be out seven weeks. He had the surgery to, to get seven the ankle weeks? right. Seven weeks? Not seven days, excuse me. Oh, seven God. days. I was like, did I, I miss you. that? Yeah. <laughs> so for all those listening, I'm, I'm trying to get my butt in shape right now for this XFL season, and my trainer absolutely demolished me this morning. So <laughs> if I if I slip up with a couple things, just know that's the reason why. Uh, seven days. That's seven days, no activity. He'd come back afterwards. So – I'm with you. Mac Jones and I watched the football game did not look. He didn't look awful, but there was timing issues. There were timing issues where there's a couple passes that were just out of the reach of the receivers. And that's just timing. That really is. I mean, that's something that can be fixed this week in practice because he's going to get all the reps. You think in practice when he's going to twos and threes, he's not throwing to the starters. And then it's, it's such a big deal. Understanding the timing of when a guy is going to break his route off when to throw it, where you can throw it, all that stuff. Tua was getting all that, uh, all those reps in practice and fall camp and all that. So right now, Mac has opportunity to to work on that timing with the receivers this week, next week during the bye, uh, and then into the following week if two is not getting ready. You know, obviously, you want two out there. He needs to be. But I think the biggest thing is, and and, and we've talked about this multiple times, if two is not healthy, he's not the same player. He just isn't. Yeah. He, he, you saw in the SEC championship game last year, two is really good because he's accurate. He has great receivers, but also because he's very creative with his legs. He does a great job in the pocket. He does a great job eluding defenders, and he does a great job getting outside the pocket and throwing on the run. And you saw last year when that was taken away from him and he was forced just to take a, str- a straight drop back and throw the football, he felt uncomfortable. He couldn't do it for the entire game. If he's at 80%, I don't feel good with Alabama winning that game versus LSU. I neither do he, I. I he do needs I. to be he needs to be close to ninety two hundred. So another interesting tid point, tidbit, tidbit, tid point, whatever you want to call we'll it. it. Tid point, yeah, tid, tid point. Uh, talking with some guys from Alabama yesterday, uh, some reporters up there. Supposedly, Talia, the younger brother, has looked pretty good in practice uh, for the first part of the season. Interesting. So don't be surprised. If you see him, maybe get some reps for Arkansas this weekend. Interesting. And, and I actually was talking to another little tid point here. Tid we're just going to keep we're going to keep keep picking the tid points. I was I had Hawaii this week, and and I was talking to their coaches. I was like, you know, all these successful kids from the island, quarterbacks coming over to the mainland to play. And I was like, how? What do you think about the Tonga Vailoa brothers? And they're like, actually, Talia is probably the better thrower of the two. 
Uh, two is the better athlete, can be a little bit more creative, but Talia throwing the football just based on high school film is actually the better of them. So, and kind of what they saw from him uh, when they went to a bunch of his games. So don't be shocked. I mean, Tua came in as a, as what a true freshman and played yeah, and yeah. won a championship and Talia, we'll see if he falls in his brother's footsteps and, and, and finds a way into the playing field for Arkansas this weekend. Wow. Interesting tid point indeed. No, I mean, I think you're right. Depending on how Mac Jones looks against a lowly Arkansas team. Look, if they just go in there with a super conservative game plan, run the football, you know, win. I know the line's like 32 and a half. Just win by 28 plus. Not really a stressful 32? I'm taking Arkansas. I think so too. Yeah, absolutely. What I'm saying is like, just get through the game, head into the bye week make sure everybody's healthy, get ready for LSU. I don't know how they'll go about it, but you just said it. Not the same team with an unhealthy Tua Tungavailoa. I'll be interested to see how Mac Jones answers the bell and if he does struggle, if Talia gets some playing time against Arkansas, or if they blow him out, if he even gets some playing time just to see how he looks in-game situationally. The other thing that happened within that game, and I need your standpoint here, Jeremy Pruitt ripping Jared Garantano's ass after Garantano went rogue and tried to quarterback sneak fourth and goal to make it a one-score game with less than seven minutes left in the fourth quarter. Aaron, when you saw the replay, the guard pulled, the goal line running back was in. If Garantier... Jeez, if Garantano hand the ball off, it's a touchdown. And this game is a one-score game. Instead, he goes rogue, tries to jump over the line of scrimmage, fumbles. It's a 100-yard fumble return the other way. And Jeremy Pruitt tore into Garantano, tugged at his face mask. You could read his lips. He said, what the hell are you doing? Chris Winkie, the quarterback coach, not happy either. And you know what? I was totally fine with it 100 percent. look people on twitter were getting after me because i said aaron every media member who is stumping for college athletes to get paid essentially creating a worker employer boss environment in college football are the same ones whining about pruitt ripping garantano and holding him accountable okay and they said well if my boss ever touched me there'd be problems one thing No, you you wouldn't. There wouldn't be any problems. You probably wouldn't say anything because he's your boss. You're not going to do anything. And then another thing, just to create the environment, when's the last time your boss ever smacked you in the ass for doing a good job? Football is just different, all right? And when Pruitt tugged at his face mask, one, it wasn't really that bad, but two, you better believe he got the point across. He benched his ass because he was an insubordinate and did not follow directions. I want to know. What's the worst thing that's ever been said to you? Because coaches have bopped me on the head before after shaking a punt. Coaches have said, get your head out of your ass. Coaches have told me to kick the effing ball. I mean, that's what they do. They coach you and hold you accountable. I had no problem with what Pruitt did. Because I don't Garantana think it was that ruined bad. the whole game. I, I just think people are looking very closely at everything Pruitt does. Yes. And, 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 and I'll blame myself partly for that, for calling him out a little bit last year. <laughs> so... But I, I honestly, I've seen a much, 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 much worse. So I mean, was Absolutely. it the best thing? Was it the best thing to do? No, but I don't think it was awful. I think it was fine. It wasn't. He didn't grab his face mask and just throw him Shake to the ground. It, it yeah. was. It was. It was a quick little grab of like get, grabbing his attention. Like, what the hell are you doing? But trust me, I've had a lot worse said to me my entire life uh, playing this game from from middle school football to high school football to obviously being with Coach Bobo. It's, it's until you get to the pros. Um, 
even 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 in the pros, there's a couple times, but usually those guys just there's it's a different dynamic because of the ages uh, of the coaches and the players where you don't see that much screaming and yelling. But you got to think these are kids, and they're trying to build them uh, to be young men. They're 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 still kids. They're eighteen to twenty two yeah, year old there's kids. There's molding going on here. There's a lot of molding going on, so I I, I don't see any problem with it. Um, it's unfortunate for Garantan. It's unfortunate for Tennessee that football game. I mean it. The, the score was not indicative of, of what it could have been. I think between some kooky plays, uh, some some missed opportunities, and then we've we've you went over it. We talked about this last night. The the referees, holy oh smokes! My God, the refs. I'm sure you were bitching and moaning about it on the, Hell on yeah. the first first podcast of the week. But those dudes, I'm literally just laughing it's my ass bullshit. off. Luckily, the LSU game is at. Tuscaloosa so they can once again get those referees to kind of be on their side <laughs> a little bit, but it, it's nonsense. I mean, there are multiple penalties and, and I, I know you're trying to protect the quarterback, but that was, that was bull crap. The, the clock not running out at all or moving even a, a split second when the ball went out of balance before halftime and then a holding call that was not, I don't know. That was a pretty iffy holding call when, when Tennessee ran it in for a touchdown. So there were plenty of opportunities. I think the refs, Kind of, kind of screw Tennessee a little bit. I think this game could have been a seven to ten point game, maybe even closer. There's no doubt, and you have to think from Jeremy Pruitt's standpoint, having that be a one score game when your team is not very good, and you go on the road and keep it a one score game against the number one team in the nation. That gives you grace with the athletic association, with alumni, with boosters. That's probably why Pruitt was so pissed off at Garantano. And then the most egregious one, I I think, Aaron, when it comes to the referees, there was a goal line play that Tennessee had. They ran up to the line of scrimmage quick. Jarrett Garantano goes up to the offensive line, starts barking out some audibles, and then steps out to the side. They motion into a wildcat. There's like 15 seconds left on the play clock. Alabama's linebackers don't know what the hell's going on, and the refs blow the play dead. They huddle up, they talk, and then they just say, pump up the play clock, we're sorry for stopping the play, for no reason. It was unbelievable. It tipped off Pruitt in, in the offense's hand as getting into the Wildcat, and Saban's just sitting there with his arms crossed going, thanks so much, guys. I appreciate that. It is a total joke. Thank God Pruitt called him out in his weekly press conference and said, look, I support the referees, but we're held accountable on our end. Where is their consequence for performing poorly? They don't have any. They do not have any whatsoever. And I'm sick of it. I've been telling you that since 2017. I'm sick of it. I'm there with you. you. All right, cool. I'm with You're it. with me. All right, let's look forward to week nine. Um, not the best week. These next two weeks, I said it kind of last week as well. A lot of teams are on buys these next couple weeks. But, man, after week nine, excuse me, after week ten, I think. It's Georgia-Florida ne- Georgia, next week. What are you talking about? Well, I know. I'm just week. saying. But next week, LSU and Alabama are off as well. Um, so yeah. you got a lot of games being set up. And let's head to the Big Ten. Number 13, Wisconsin, is going to number three, Ohio State. This was supposed to be a top five, certainly a top ten game. Wisconsin dropped the ball. Lost to Illinois last week. And Ohio State is a 14-and-a-half-point favorite. The total is 51. This one is in Columbus. It's the noon Fox game. Wisconsin's defense has played so well, and I cannot believe that Wisconsin lost last week. Illinois never ran one play inside the red zone. That is a wild statistic. Illinois never ran one play inside the red zone and beat Wisconsin 24-23. to Can Wisconsin's defense, which has pitched four shutouts so far this season, slow down 
Justin Fields and that dynamic Ohio State offense. Well, these are, these are two of the best defenses in the country. Wisconsin giving up 7.6 points per game. Ohio State giving up eight points per game. I think Wisconsin makes this thing close. I, it, that was a fluky game. That is not Wisconsin. That is not the Wisconsin team that is going to show up to Columbus this weekend. I guarantee you those guys are going to be able to push that behind them, use it as motivation, and get ready for this football game. And I love Ohio State. You know I feel like they're the number one team in the country. This is their first real test. Yeah. Real test. A team that can can actually play both offense and defense. Michigan State, good defense, no offense. Wisconsin, they can eat up the clock with Jonathan Taylor, maybe cut down two year possessions. Uh, Jack Cohen is, is a good quarterback that has not turned it over at all this year. I mean, he had that one fluky one last week, which was stupid, but so for stupid. the majority of the year, he's been really, really good about taking care of the football. I think this is a closer game. I think this is an awesome football game. I'm excited to watch this one. I think it comes down to a late fourth quarter drive. Um, I think Ohio state wins it. It's at home. I love their team. I love what Justin Fields is doing right now, their defense, everything. They're just in sync right now. And, and, and they had that extra day to rest. I think that's another big key. They played Friday night. So they had the kind of the weekend, that extra day to recover, get their mind right, watch the Wisconsin game live, and kind of already start to scout them out a little bit. So I like Ohio State to win – Seven to ten points. So give me Wisconsin. Uh, give me Wisconsin the points. Yeah, I would expect this line to move below two touchdowns before kickoff on Saturday. I just don't see how, with Wisconsin's defense, which is very good, how you couldn't take more than two touchdowns. Look, Aaron and I are looking at it right now. It's fourteen and a half. Take Wisconsin with the points. I think. They could even win the football game. They can game. win. You know they exactly what win. they're going to do. They're going to say, they guys, can. we can't turn the ball over. We need to establish the run game early and keep Justin Fields off the field. I feel like we say that every week because that's the only way you can neutralize yep. these top offenses that are in the top six right now. And you yep. and I talked about it last night. It really does not matter. Rankings in the top six do not matter right now. All the teams are built so similar. I'm talking about Ohio State. Oklahoma, LSU, Alabama, um, and who else? That's five right there. Yeah. I mean, you know, who, anybody in that top yes. six, it's interchangeable. Yep. I think Wisconsin could win this game. Maybe sprinkle something on the money line. This is the one chance for Ohio State to look human. They will beat Michigan by 40 later on in the season. So they also have to play Penn State later on, too. Getting interesting for Ohio State. I'll take Wisconsin here. This could be the best game of the weekend. I really do believe that. Another game in the Big Ten. I put this one in there because I want to know your thoughts about it. Penn State had a big-time win Saturday night against Michigan at home. Now they have to turn around and go to Michigan State. Penn State's now ranked number six. All right, Penn State is a a six-and-a-half-point favorite. The total's 44 here, 3.30 p.m., on ABC, look, Penn State's offense is legit. K.J. Hamler is a bona fide All-American. There's no doubt about that. But Michigan State's defense is stingy. This is the exact game that Mark D'Antonio could win to, again, throw a wrench into the Big Ten. And and I just think this could be a letdown spot for Penn State. I don't think so. Michigan State is, is once in they come in the season, oh, we got all these starters back from last year. We're no going to be better. It's just no offense over and over and over again, and it's just it's frustrating. It really is frustrating because they do have a good, good, very good defense. It just it, it's tough to win football games if you only have one side that's producing. I think Penn State is a very balanced team, very good defense, and like we say every week, what travels the run game travels, 
and defense travels and yep. also not turning the football over. The team doesn't turn the football over. They run it very well and they play great defense. I just don't think Michigan state has enough firepower on offense to win this game. Can they make it close being at home, then playing good defense? Yes. I still like Penn state. And what's the line again? Give me, give me the, give me the number Six and a half Penn state's a favorite. I think Penn state wins it by seven okay. plus I'll take Penn state the, to lay the points here. All right. I will, uh, I'm going to go with Michigan State. Uh, we need to we need to create a little bit of difference here. Speaking of punt, pass, and pick, you had a good week last week. You were three and two. I was two and three. So on the season, I'm 29 and 17. You're 26 and 20. Again, respectable. But I just think yeah. this could be a letdown spot for Penn State. I truly do believe that. So give me the six and a half. Penn State will win. Maybe by a field goal. Just a sleepy spot. In East Lansing, but that offense, man, it's legit. If Michigan State can somehow get a chunk play, put some points on the board, this one will be closer than what people think. The other game, probably the best-looking game, I think that Wisconsin-Ohio State will end up being the best one, is a top-10 matchup in the SEC. Number 9 Auburn is heading down to Red Stick to take on number 2 LSU in Baton Rouge. This is your 3.30 p.m. CBS game. LSU is an 11.5-point favorite. The total is 59 points. You love Auburn's defense, I know that, but do you love LSU's offense more? I love LSU's offense more. I do, and 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 Bo Nix uh, versus Florida at Florida is real because I was at the 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 game when Auburn played. Uh, was it Texas A and M? Yeah, it's one hundred and one thousand people, but it's not a raucous, super scary one hundred one thousand, which at is kind of crazy Field? to say. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a good crowd, but they're not. They're not as dangerous as the swamp. They're not as dangerous as going to uh, LSU. So uh, you saw you saw a little bit about him. I mean, eleven of twenty-seven versus Florida. I believe three interceptions. LSU is a tough environment to play. It's loud. I like their defense. They're getting better throughout the season right now. Um, I love Auburn's defense. I just don't know if they have enough firepower on the back end. Uh, they got some good corners. I like their safeties, but we're talking about three, four receivers that can make some special things happen. Plus the fact that I worry that LSU is going to get good field position. You know, you get a couple three and outs, Bo Nix has a turnover here or there. All of a sudden you get the ball in the plus 50 in a short field with Joe Burrow and his confidence right now. I think they can hang a little bit in the first half. And I'm talking about Auburn here. I think LSU starts to pull away uh, mid to late third quarter because of a turnover and just lack of offense from Auburn. Yeah. I mean, and, and don't forget Booby Whitlow, their, their top running back is out right now. I think that's a big loss for this team. So I like LSU. And what's the points? Uh, uh, 11 spread? and a half. Uh, give me, give me the points too. I just, like I said, I don't see Auburn. I, I don't see Auburn scoring a ton, a ton of points. Um, so you think LSU I, wins by 12 or more. And I would take, I would points. take the, I would take the under here. Under like 59, under 59. 59. Yeah. Yeah. I see this game being like a mid 30 to 17 game. Okay. You know, like a 35 to 17 game somewhere around there. I agree with you. I'm laying the points as well. LSU will cover. They are not going to get caught looking ahead to the Alabama game with a bye week ahead of them next weekend. Look, they know that they have to take care of business to make the Alabama game the most important game of the season in college football. It will most likely be number one versus number two. And this is exactly where LSU wants to be, especially at home. 
you said they're going to feast on Bo Nix. They're missing Booby Whitlow. I just don't think Auburn can keep pace with LSU's offense. Will they get a couple of stops on Joe Burrow? Yeah, I mean, they've got a great front four. You know that interior offensive line for LSU is their only weakness. But I think Joe Brady and Joe Burrow will dial up a game plan to get the ball out of his hands quickly, much like what they did against Florida. LSU covers here. We are going to be fired up for that November 9th match. Mm-hmm. Number one, Alabama against number two, LSU. Lay the 11 and a half. Bayou Bengals. Keep it rolling. Saturday night, number eight, Notre Dame is at number 19, Michigan. Michigan is a one and a half point favorite, Aaron. I'm going to say that again. Michigan is a one and a half point favorite at home. The total is 50, 7.30 p.m. on ABC. Yes, I know there's a three-point built-in favor towards the home team. But Vegas is telling you right now that they think Michigan could get this win over Notre Dame outright. And I just have to scratch my head and say, have you been watching Shea Patterson? This dude is awful. Give me a break. I don't see Michigan beating Notre Dame. Oh, no. Notre Dame wins this football game. Just Michigan offensively, Shea Nine touchdowns, four picks, very underwhelming. And I like Notre Dame. I do. This is a good football team. They play good defense. Ian Book is really darn good. Um, Yeah, I like them. I know it's going to be tough going into Michigan. It's going to be noisy. It's going to be loud. It's a night game. But uh, I think Notre Dame's proven they can handle hostile environments. I mean, Georgia in that game was probably the most hostile environment they'll play in this entire season. Probably one of the most hostile environments this entire year. Um, you know, very similar to that LSU game a couple weeks ago at LSU for Florida. It was loud. It was crazy. Georgia had the, the LED lights going. I mean, that place was a rock concert. And I thought they handled it just beautifully on the road yeah, early sure. in the season. They got a lot so, of respect for it, too. So I, I, and I, so I, give, I give Notre Dame respect, and I'm not worried about them going into another hostile environment. I think, I think Sanford Stadium, to them, is going to be, you know, out of, out of a, out of a 10, on, 10 ranking for toughest places to play. I think Sanford that night was a 10. I yeah. think Michigan's going to be about an 8. So I think they're going to walk in there like, this is nothing. Yep. We've been here, done that. So they're not going to be intimidated. They'll be ready to go. So I like Notre Dame to win this game. Um, take the points. Outright, yeah. yeah. Take the take points. Take the points. Notre Dame catching one and a half. That's just so tasty. But it also makes you scratch your head and say, what does Vegas know that we don't know? I have been saying it every single week. And, and I took the points last week with Michigan. They somehow covered with a late touchdown. But I said, if Shea Patterson can just – manage the football game and hold on to the football, Michigan could get their much-needed top 10 win. You can't trust the guy, Aaron. If the pocket breaks down, his eyes are all over the place, he freaks out, and he throws the ball to the other team. I'm sick of doing it. I'm sick of watching it. I'm taking Notre Dame here as well. Give me the points. I think this will be an interesting situation. I definitely want to learn where the smart money is going before this game because I just don't see sharp betters riding with Michigan, riding with Shea Patterson, riding with Jim Harbaugh against the top 10 team. They do not win these games. And with such a tight line, it will certainly move before kickoff. This will be an interesting one to watch. I just, for the life of me, cannot see Notre Dame losing this game. So give me the points. Give me the points. Notre Dame wins this football game. I threw one more game on here. And I still need to give you my flip the field free pick. I'm one and two, so we're on life support. If I do not win my free pick this week, we're going back, back to me to Aaron. Going back, going back to me. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> Arkansas is heading to number one Alabama. I threw this on there because one, Mac Jones is going to be playing. Two, the number is huge. Alabama minus thirty two and a half. The total is fifty six. Another night game in Tuscaloosa, seven p.m. 
on ESPN. Yes, Tuscaloosa with the light show as well. I was at the Dogs game this past weekend, Aaron, and it's just so cool because they shut those lights off and then get it rocking. When we played football, it would take 30 minutes for those lights to come on. I mean, they'd have to warm those babies up. So it, It's awesome. It's it pretty is, sweet. It is, well, listen, I mean, you had to get find, find ways to get people to the seats. So, no hey, let's, let's make it a rock concert. Uh, people can double dip a little bit and have some more fun. I love it. I I, I take Arkansas the points. You here. like Matt Arkansas Jones, plus 32 and a half. I like Arkansas plus 32 and a half. Um, I think Arkansas could possibly do some stuff on the offense. I mean, Alabama's defense is just – it's just not great, and I don't see uh, Mac Jones and their offense for Alabama like, going up and down the field like like Tua does. So I I don't see it. Um, I think that they, obviously they're going to win this football game. They're running the ball really really well right now, so they win by you know twenty four to twenty seven points, but not not thirty two. Yeah, this is a very high number, and since you went with Arkansas and earlier in the show, I said I like Arkansas with the points as well. Here you go. Mac Jones struggles early. They put in Talia. They cover 32 and a half. Somehow, nice. Talia way. coming I'm in, I'm telling baby. you right now, Talia's going to get some burn. Aaron, you said your inside sources say this dude can sling it, and he can throw the ball around the yard. So I'm just going to tell you, Mac Jones pisses off Coach Saban. Saban might tug his face mask or hit him upside the head. Nobody will say shit about it because everybody's obsessed with Coach Saban. And then in comes Talia, and there's a little brotherly rivalry going on in Tuscaloosa before that LSU game. So that is my official prediction. And if I had to give you the Drew Butler flip the field free pick. What are you um, feeling this week? You know what? I'm going to go with – I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. <sighs> what should I go with, Aaron? I, I need to give you something with some confidence, and here it is. Shocking line that I just picked up. Texas is a one-and-a-half-point favorite on the road against TCU. Texas is better than TCU. If Texas, Texas drops this defense, game – Texas. Texas defense sucks. Well, TCU's offense is not that great. Yeah, they gave up 48 points to KU. Awful. Awful. Texas defense is just poo-poo. So bad. Texas's defense is not good, but they At will all. beat TCU by more than one and a half points. So flip the field free pick. Texas minus one and a half. You're going to ride TCU. with Texas's defense. Yes, I as am. As your possibly last flip the field of That's the year it, right here. Dude, save wow. me. Hook them horns. Okay, wow. cool. Hook them. Ballsy. Ballsy please. right there, my friend. Please, please. All right, well, that's it for us. Thanks for tuning in. Aaron, where are you at this weekend? Where can we watch you? Uh, I have where, – where am I at this weekend? I don't even know where I'm at this weekend. I, I'm telling you, I'm still a little doozy. I haven't looked at the schedule yet. I am at Tulsa. Oklahoma. Going to Oklahoma, baby. All right. Nice. A uh, little breaking news, too. While we were recording, Florida head coach Dan Mullen says, Kadarius Tony and starting defensive ends Jonathan Grenard and Jabari Zuniga will, Zuniga. Play. Zuniga will play against Georgia next week. So the Gators are getting a little full strength. Yeah, I got Memphis at Tulsa. Should be a good game. Awesome. Awesome. Going to be a fun weekend of college football. Next week, we'll be ready for the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. You know Aaron and I might have differing opinions about that game, but it will be great, and it's going to decide the SEC East for sure. Follow us at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. Follow Aaron at AaronMurray11, and I am at DrewButler13. We will talk to you on Monday. See you.